You know it's going to be a good day when your biggest concern in the morning is collecting the crumbs falling from the McDonald's crispy chicken biscuit. Your only concern should be, has your day peaked too early? Enjoy every last crumb of the new McDonald's crispy chicken biscuit for only $3. And any size soft drink for just a dollar. And you'll get your day started on a high note. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal.
evening, good evening. Welcome to Blessings by Grace Radio. Tonight is Thursday, August the 29th, 2019. Tonight we are currently in the Apple Valley studio with critically acclaimed bishop, overseer, and founder of the Greater All Nations Pentecost Church of Jesus Christ. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, this is our weekly Food for the Soul Bible study session. Tonight, we'll be talking with Dr. Bishop Alfred Moore. He will be taking all of you on a spiritual learning journey within the biblical realms of what God has given him to teach to us tonight. As every Thursday, he comes on and he teaches to us and he tells us what his PI is. He tells it like it is, the law and uncut, adulterated gospel. And that is what we need in this dispensation this, this time. We need someone that is going to be able to tell us the truth and nothing but the truth. We don't need the gospel sugar-coated. No, no, no. We don't need to be hand-walked and baby-fed through this gospel. We need to know exactly what God has designed for our ears to hear, for our eyes to see, and for our mind to be expanded with that everlasting knowledge that Dr. Moore shares week after week after week. He comes on, he shares all this stuff that is so excellent, that is so great. And I think it's awesome that he has the opportunity to come on and the privilege to talk to all of you good people in radio line. We love the fact that you listen in every single Thursday at 9.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and to 10.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We love that you listen in. We love that you share us online days and days after. We appreciate that. But it's not about you guys. It's definitely not about us. It's always about Jesus. He is the reason why we do this. He is the Lord. He is our Lord and Savior. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is always the beginning. He will always be the ending. Ladies and gentlemen, the man of the hour, Dr. Bishop Alphamonica. Thank you tonight. God bless you. Amen in Radio Land. Amen. Thank you. Amen. My announcer tonight for bringing us on once again. God bless you all in Radio Land, wherever you are, from China, amen, to the United States of America. I want to say tonight, Jesus love you. We're going to go to the Word of God. Praise the Lord. That's the only thing going to stand in the last days that we are living in is the word of God. Heaven and earth have passed away, but God's word is going to stand. God bless you. Amen. You can get your Bible out, praise the Lord, and go along with me and pray, amen, that God give you understanding and give you revelation. Open up your knowledge, amen, and along with me as I dive into the word of God tonight. We don't want to talk about that precious gift, amen, that the Lord left for us that is called the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord tonight. Hallelujah. We're gonna do the whole We're gonna talk about the Holy Ghost tonight. And we're going to begin in St. Luke, the twenty-fourth chapter, verse forty-five through forty-nine. And then we're gonna read Acts chapter ten, forty-four. And 45. 
and Acts also, chapter 19, 4 through 6. Get your spiritual ears on. Take your calm mind off tonight. Praise the Lord. And let us tune into the spirit because God is a spirit. And they that worship him, they must worship him in spirit and in truth. That means you've got to crucify your old flesh and don't allow your flesh to talk to you tonight. But amen, allow the spirit of God is to come in and minister to your soul. We're going to begin, praise the Lord, with St. Luke 45 through 49. It reads to say, then open he their understanding, that they might understand the scripture. Jesus said unto them, thus it is written, and thus it behooves Christ to suffer and to raise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name among all, let me make plain on that, among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witness of those things, and behold, I will send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endowed with power from on high. Acts, pick it up, chapter 10, 44 and 45, and say, While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all of them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision, which believed they were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentile also was pulled out the gift of the Holy Ghost. Acts 19, 4 and 6 gives the confirmation and said, Then said Paul, John barely baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him. That is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. My God, we're going to talk about this Holy Ghost, the gift that Jesus left for every believer to receive. Acts 2 and 38 and 39 said, Then Peter said unto them, Repent 
and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sin, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are for all, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. The promise to every hungry believer is you shall receive the Holy Ghost. The evidence of receiving the Holy Ghost Ghost is speaking in tongues as the Spirit gives the uttering. We're going to talk about this tonight, praise the Lord. We're going to talk about, praise the Lord, the steps, amen, in being born again. The steps, amen, what what, what, what we must do. There are some things, amen, every born-again Christian must do. First of all, amen, they must believe on Jesus Christ. They must believe on Jesus Christ. Repentance is necessary. Baptism is essential. Faith for the promise. How they received the Holy Ghost. They tarried. They worshiped. And by laying on of hands, when they heard the word, the evidence of the Holy Ghost initially evidence, physically evidence, and universal evidence. Receiving the Holy Ghost is possible the most important spiritual event that one will experience in God and it is also the most thrilling when you you receive the Holy Ghost it is nothing that you can do about it yourself this is a supernatural experience that comes from the Almighty God Himself. It is a powerful experience that, unless you be receiving the Holy Ghost, you never understand the power of Jesus Christ. Much emphasis has been placed upon receiving the Holy Ghost. Much emphasis, people say, whether or not should they seek that Holy Ghost like the word is telling us or not. I'll encourage every born-again believer tonight, according to the word of God, you must seek the power of Jesus through the Holy Ghost. Rightfully so, for it is the completeness of the new birth. We're going to take some steps right now. It is the completeness of the new birth. Jesus says, except the man be born of water. He went back to the first thing that he created. 
except a man be born over the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. John 3 and 5. There is a great spiritually awakening and a revive of the receiving of the Holy Ghost by people in many different churches. This has caused many questions to be asked. When you receive this Holy Ghost, it enlightens your mind that you have never understood before. And it calls the people to ask questions, should I receive the Holy Ghost or what is this Holy Ghost? Is the Holy Ghost essential to salvation? That's what a lot of people are asking. Is it necessary, amen, to receive the Holy Ghost? Or should I just accept Jesus by faith? Amen. The Holy Ghost is essential to salvation. And we must take the steps to fulfill the completeness of salvation. What does one receive? How does one receive the Holy Ghost? We will get into that and tell you exactly how that one receives the Holy Ghost. What is the evidence of receiving the Holy Spirit? Many people today claiming, I have the Holy Spirit. But they have no evidence to prove that they have the Holy Spirit. Is this experience for all believers today? There are sincere questions to which people want to answer from the word of God. God, which is the creator of everything in his word, has not left these questions unanswered. The answers are there for us to search out that we may know the truth of this great experience of Christ, dwelling in our heart by his spirit. Now I would like to say, beloved, keep your mind open because if you have not received this gift from the Lord, you have not completed your salvation. The Holy Ghost is for all believers, not some. But all believers, as Peter stated at Pentecost, for the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that is far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call, Acts 2 and 39, and the Lord is still calling Men and women, boys and girls, out of their sin. The promise is unto you. So the Holy Ghost is for you. If you so hunger and thirst after righteousness. You study the scripture for yourself. The Bible tells us such the scripture for in them ye think ye have eternal life. For they are they that testify to me. 
Don't let no preacher tell you that you don't need the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost is the word of God. The Holy Ghost is the evidence that you personally have connection with Jesus Christ. The instilling of the Spirit provides power to live as an overcomer. That's what the Holy Ghost is. It provides power to live as an overcomer. Victorious Christian, a victorious Christian life with the joy of God. You can't do that unless you have the Holy Ghost. The Spirit gives us power to overcome the devil. It gives us power to overcome sin and the world and to become effectual witness in this wicked generation. That's what the Spirit of the Holy Ghost does for us. Our lives are transformed by a supernatural experience of the Holy Spirit, baptized with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. We got a lot of Christians today that don't believe, amen, in speaking with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them other. I want to go back to St. Luke 24, 45, and looking at 49. In the book of St. Luke, the 45th verse, these disciples didn't have the proper understanding of what the scripture was really saying. But the word of God said, then open, after, this is Jesus, then open he their understanding that they might understand the scripture. Jesus have to open up every born again understanding that they might understand the scripture. So I want to say to Night, if the Lord pray that the Lord open up your understanding. Don't take my word. Don't take no other preacher's word, but take the word of God. If it's in the word of God, God's word is infallible. It can't lie. You must believe it. Try it for yourself. What must we do? What must we do? is the question of today has been asked by many people including those who asked Peter on the day of Pentecost let us again act it and answer it for those who are hungry if you're hungry for it you're fine he that hungers after righteousness shall be filled for those who are hungry for God and searches for a better life in the Holy Ghost, you'll find it. We are not saved by works. Works can't save you. I don't care how much you do good. That's not going to save you. But by the grace of God, that's what 
amen, bring us into the knowledge of who Jesus really is, is by his grace. However, the scripture plainly teaches that there are things we must do. There are steps we must take in order to fulfill the complete order of salvation. There are things that we must do as a human being, as a person. James 2 and 17 says, even so faith, if it has not worked, it did. Being alone. That's James 2 and 17. We should realize that when faith is genuine in our heart, you really believe in faith. You really believe that the Lord going to move in your life by faith. It will force us to act on that faith. It will move us. Faith will move you. It will move us to obedience of the word of God. It will move us to obey the word of God, regardless of what somebody has said. Faith will move us to obey God's word. I'm talking about this precious gift tonight, the Holy Ghost. Believe on Jesus. You've got to believe on Jesus. You ain't going to receive nothing if you don't believe on Jesus. The very first step to salvation is the step of faith. That's the very first step that anybody got to take, amen, in order to come into Jesus. You've got to believe that he is and believe that he will reward those that diligently seek him. You've got to have faith, but that is just a step. Paul spake to the Philippian jailer. He experienced how he could be saved. When God sent an earthquake and the jailer was the keeper of the jail, and God troubled his heart, and the jailer wanted to know, what must I do? To be saved Paul was in jail And Paul told him Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ That's the first step you take And thou shall be Saved in thy household Acts 16 and 13 If you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ Thou shall be saved Shall is a continual conjunction. If you keep on holding on to Jesus, you shall be saved. You're not saved fully right now because you just took that first step, but you shall be saved, you and your household. The ever who believe on Jesus, they shall be saved. Listen, my children tonight. There is no salvation outside of the cross of Jesus Christ. There is no salvation outside of the cross of Jesus Christ and his shed blood. This is where salvation comes in, through the cross and the shed blood of Jesus. Jesus asked the disciples, one that he had trained, the one that 
he disciplined me. Who says ye that I am? Who am I? Just because you're walking around here with me and you hear me, that don't mean you know who I am. Peter answered, Thou art the Christ. You are the anointed one that came down from heaven. You are the son of the living God. God lives and you are the offspring of God. Of the living God, Matthew chapter 16, verse 15 through 16. And Peter began to proceed and says, Neither is there salvation in any other. If it's not in Jesus, you're not going to find salvation. Salvation is in no other God, amen, that man has produced it upon this earth. Salvation is only is in Jesus. I know, amen, that he will reject it. And he's still being rejected a man. But if you want salvation, you must understand who is Jesus. Why is Jesus so important? Because Jesus is the Savior of the world. Jesus is the one that paid the penalty for all mankind. And there is salvation in none other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men. And watch it, amen. Listen closely. Salvation is in the name, the name under heaven given among men. What name was given under heaven? The name, amen, that was given under heaven is Jesus. That's what salvation is. Salvation is in Jesus. There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. You got to go through the name of Jesus in order to be saved. That's your first step. Acts 4 and 12. If we are to be saved, if we are to be saved, we must start with believing on the Lord Jesus Christ as the Redeemer of the world. You got to believe that Jesus came to redeem us. And most of all, he's our Savior. That's the only way you can be saved is through Jesus Christ that hung on Calvary, who died for our sin. Faith to believe will come by hearing and accepting the preached word. For faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When you hear the word of God, God will begin to open up your understanding that you might understand the scripture. Romans 10, 17. Going back, amen, to Luke 24 and 47, and that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name. 
When you talk about amen salvation, you better be talking about the name of Jesus. He didn't tell you amen in any other name. He didn't tell you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Ghost, but he singled out one name. He said amen that and that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. The bulletin lecture stated that repentance is to change one mind and purpose. That's what repentance is. It's to change one mind and purpose. Come to a right understanding. Where you find out you were wrong, you come to a right understanding, having a genuine change of heart and life from worse to better. When you repent with a sincere heart, it changes your whole outlook in life. It changes your whole attitude in life. The things that you have done, you just don't want to do them anymore when true repentance comes. You got people saying that they don't repent it. And they never stop doing the old things that they used to do. Well, that ain't true repentance. When you true repent and turn wholeheartedly to the Lord, you don't do the old things and the contrary things, amen, that you did before you came to Jesus. Repentance is not merely forsaking sin, but change one mind regarding it. I don't want to sin no more. When you truly repent, you do not want to sin anymore. You began to hate sin. But if you say that you know Jesus Christ and you continue to live in sin, you don't hate sin. You don't really love Jesus. In Romans, the sixth chapter, I believe your state say, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may by God forbids us? Every born again believer, God forbids you is to continue in sin that his grace or his goodness and his mercy abide in you. God don't want you to sin. And if you don't genuinely repent, you don't want to live in sin anymore when the Lord doesn't change your mind. One mind regarding it to be remorseful. You're going to come to be sorry for your sin. You know you done did wrong. And your heart is broken up and you come to be sorry. That has ruled one's heart. When you, amen, find out that true repentance is to bring you to your knees and Break up the private ground in your life. You are sorry when you meet a holy God that you sin. It bothers a true believer 
when their mind has been changed and their mind is made up and they said it hurts them. Repentance is genuinely changing one attitude towards sin. I don't want to sin no more. I don't want to lie no more. I don't want to hurt nobody else anymore. Because your desire is righteousness to range in one heart. You want the righteousness of the Lord now is arranged in your heart because you have repented of your sin. Repentance is the essential of the public prayer. God be merciful to me, I a sinner. That's what that, that that's what repentance is. Be merciful to me, I am a sinner. Luke eighteen and thirteen. I have no business praying. I sin. I have sinned against the holy God that created the heaven and the earth. When Jesus, Jesus died, yes, he did. Jesus died that the world through him might be saved from sin. That was the purpose of Jesus coming down to us. And that he's not willing that any should perish, but all come to eternal life, no matter who we are, what race we are. How strong or how weak we are, the Lord wants us all to come to him to be saved from sin. When we, by the word of God, by the word of God, we recognize that we are sinners and enemies of Christ's cross. We recognize it. And that we need a Savior. You can't save yourself. I don't care what you do. You're not that righteous. You're not that holy. You're not that pure. You can't save yourself. We need a Savior. A lamb without a spot. Blemish or rancor. We should repent. Forsake our sinful act. And commit our lives to God. Godly sorrow brings true repentance. First John 1 and 9 states, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to clean us from all unrighteousness. Now, this still is taking steps is to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost to complete. And that repent is important to one walking with God. But this is the foundation on which our experience with God is built. Repentance is being honest. And God, being honest with God and with self. It is confessing one guilt and asking God for mercy. I'm guilty. I'm a sinner. That's what true repentance is. Now, when you make a step further 
Luke 24 and 47 tell you baptism is essential. You got to be baptized. And remission of sin should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Go to Jerusalem. Don't go to Bethany, man, but you need to go to Jerusalem. And you need to stay there until you be in Bible with power from on high. We sometimes go and get a blessing. We sometimes even confess Jesus as our Lord, but that is still not enough. You got to go farther. Repentance means to dismiss or discharge and set free. This can be accomplished only through the name of Jesus. On the day of Pentecost, Peter told the Jews to repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of the forgiveness of the removing of your sin. Acts 2 and 38. Jesus has stated that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name among all nations. Not some nations, but among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem, Luke 24 and 47, there is expecting what Peter did in preaching baptism for the repentance of sin in the name of Jesus Christ. Peter, Peter recognized who Jesus was. You got to recognize who Jesus is. If you're going to stand up for Jesus, Jesus must reveal himself to you. He said, I will reveal myself unto whom I will. Everybody don't know who Jesus is. Our sins are remitted when we are baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. Making baptism necessary to our salvation. Not only is water baptism necessary, but the formal use in our baptism is of utmost importance. For sin are remitted only through water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. If you want if you want sin to be removed, you want the stain of sin to be removed out of your life, you got to go down in water in the name of Jesus. Acts 2, 22 and 16 says, And now, why tarriest thou? Arise. Why, what you waiting on? What are you waiting on? Believers in Christ Jesus, what are you waiting on? Arise. And be baptized and wash away your sin, calling on the name of the Lord. Acts 22 and 16. At as repentance, our sins are confessed. Our commitment is made to live for God. When you repent, you're committing to Lord, I want to live for you. I don't want to do wrong anymore. However, the record of our sin is not removed until baptized. You got to be baptized. You got to be baptized. The record of our sin is removed only as we submit to water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. 
then they are no longer to be remembered against us. When you go down in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sin, your sin then is not no longer remembered against you. We see this illustration in the tabernacle, in the wilderness. The altar represented death. Where the blood was shedded, the lavender was for washing, for cleaning, symbolic of being baptized. You had to be clean before the priest removed on in the sanctuary. You had to be clean even in the Old Testament. You had to be clean. Faith for the promise. Luke twenty four forty nine says, And behold, I will send the promise of my Father upon you. Now, the disciples had not been filled with the Holy Ghost at that time. They had to follow on with Jesus, but they had accepted him through faith. But they hadn't, amen, received the Holy Ghost. And many of them hadn't been baptized in the name of Jesus. It is God's plan for every believer to receive the Holy Ghost. That's God's plan. So don't you tell me you don't need the Holy Ghost because it is God's plan for everyone to receive the Holy Ghost. To receive the Holy Ghost is as normal as repeating and being baptized. It is just that natural. It is a supernatural experience that cannot be explained to the common man. However, it is God's promise to all believers. If you are calm-minded, you cannot understand the supernatural power of the Holy Ghost. But here is the word of God right before your eyes. You must believe the word of God. And in the word of God, Acts 1 and 8 says, but you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are fall. Even as many as the Lord God shall call, Acts 2 and 39. The Lord is still calling men out of their what? Out of their sin. God is still calling us out of our sin. We, uh, we are those who are far off, and we are included in the promise. God will promise you something. Peter preached at Pentecost. We are to believe God and receive the Holy Ghost. Who is God? God is Jesus. Jesus is God. Hallelujah. Joel 2 and 28 says, And it shall come to pass, Afterward, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Hallelujah. The anointing and the power and the mystery of God was poured out on all flesh on the day of Pentecost. Joel prophesies of the outpouring of the spirit. For Peter quoted this verse of scripture in his sermon at Pentecost. These are the last days, 
and God is pouring out his spirit upon all flesh. Those who have faith in God's promise shall be filled with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is for all, A-L-L, who will believe God and receive it. It's for everybody who will believe God and receive it. How they receive the Holy Ghost. They tarried. They waited on the Lord. They went to Jerusalem, and they waited on the Lord. According to Acts 1 and 14, the Bible said these all continued with one accord in prayer. They were praying. They weren't praying. And supplication. Tarrying in prayer is certainly one of the sure ways of receiving the Holy Ghost. Many have found it necessary to tarry in prayer for its proper preparation. Tarry means go there and pray and wait on the Spirit of the Lord. Wait on the Lord as you are praying until the Lord bring a supernatural power in your life and move in your life on your behalf and take over your spirit, and you know it's not your spirit. That's what it means by tarry. God will feel the hunger seeker when he meets the condition. You got to meet the condition that God requires. If you want the Holy Ghost, you're going to have to meet the condition. Is the Holy Ghost essential today? According to the word of God, all believers must receive the Holy Ghost. We sometimes allow obstacles to stand in our way of receiving the blessing. Obstacles can be another person that says, you don't need it. But that's not what the word of God says. The word of God says all believers need the Holy Ghost. And doubt or weak faith will make you not want to receive the Holy Ghost. You don't want to tarry. You don't want to wait on the Spirit of the Lord. Some people believe that the Holy Ghost is not for us today. Or possible it is only for certain people to receive God's gift. We must believe without doubting. You can't let no fear come in you. You can't let no fear come upon you, amen, because somebody else don't believe. Jesus done told you, for the promise is unto you and unto your children and to those that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Don't let fear come upon you. There are those who have genuine fear of the results of receiving the Holy Ghost. They, they, they're scared. They're afraid to wait up on the Lord. Fear of losing their family. Oh, no, I don't want to be into a category like that. My, my family is important to me. Fear of losing their family, their husband, a wife, a job. And they won't wait on God until they fill them with the Holy Ghost. They'll go on saying, I got faith in Jesus, and I believe in Jesus. But the Lord said, go further than that. Go on to Jerusalem. There has, they has a fear of being unable to live a Christian life. They pray, Amen, that they can't live a Christian life. 
the enemy. He magnifies many fear in people's minds, often calls them to reject God. You feel the anointing of the power of God come upon you, and you begin to quench the spirit of God because you don't want the Lord to do his work in you, and you stop the spirit from allowing the Lord to come in and fill you with the Holy Ghost because of your family, your friends, or your children. The fear comes from the devil. The devil did that. Yes, the devil did it. It didn't come from God. Second Timothy 1 and 7 says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear. We ain't supposed to fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. My beloved, pride will keep you from receiving the Holy Ghost. Pride will keep you from being filled with that supernatural power. You are too proud to humble your spirit. Many has failed to receive the Holy Ghost because of pride. They are unable to humble themselves and yield to the Holy Spirit. Oh, no, no, they got pride. Fear of embarrassment has hindered others. They don't want God to use them as the Lord see fit. You are the clay. God can mold you any kind of way that he want to mold you. God can move upon you any kind of way that he want to move you. Glory be to him. My God, but fear will embarrass and hinder others. God's spirit will never cause anyone to behave in an embarrassing manner. You can see the glory of God. You can see the manifest of the Lord upon people. But God's spirit is not going to embarrass nobody. Our pride will rob us of great blessings if we allow it to rule us. Therefore, many have found that tearing in prayer has helped them to overcome their pride. Go down in prayer and stay there. Wait on the Lord, and God will help you to overcome that fear and take your pride away. Love to the world. A love for worldly things has been a problem for some. Some of some of us don't want to give up the world. That's a problem. We don't want to give up the world. They have difficulties. In giving us sinful and worldly habits, the Holy Ghost will not dwell in an unclean temple. Beloved, my time is up tonight. It's a Dr. Moore, praise the Lord, saying tonight, God bless you. We will come back and talk about this Holy Ghost. We will come back and complete the steps of the Holy Ghost. If you want to meet Jesus, you've got to have the Holy Ghost. Is the Dr. Moore signing off? Amen with this self. Amen. I got about two more minutes. Amen. But you got to receive this Holy Ghost. Amen. Joel prophesied, amen, that 
God was going to pour out his spirit. And Peter quoted the verse in the Sermon of Pentecost. You got to receive the Holy Ghost if you want to see Jesus. God bless you. This is Dr. Moore in the South tonight saying, we love you tonight, but don't you fight the word of God. That was awesome coming from Dr. Moore. Please tune in next week as he deeper and deeper and deeper connects with this word, and you guys can be on that same level. Until next week, we say goodnight. Godspeed. We love you. Bye-bye, everybody. Have a blessed night. You know it's going to be a good day when your biggest concern in the morning is collecting the crumbs falling from the McDonald's crispy chicken biscuit. Your only concern should be, has your day peaked too early? Enjoy every last crumb of the new McDonald's crispy chicken biscuit for only $3. At Eddie Size Soft Drink for just a dollar, and you'll get your day started on a high note. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. And we're back with breaking news. Coke Zero Sugar might be the best Coke ever. That's right, Jim. Make sure to... Jim. Ooh, yes, this tastes like the best Coke ever to me. We're on the air. I need to try it first. With Zero Sugar and refreshingly delicious, is Coca-Cola Zero Sugar the best Coke ever? Pick up a 20-ounce from Speedway today.